From Greenville, South Carolina, we present... Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, preaching Christ in all His fullness. This broadcast of Let the Bible Speak, featuring messages preached by Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. This week, Dr. Cairns continues a series of studies on the doctrine of the Holy Spirit, a subject of vital importance for the Church of Jesus Christ. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns in just a few minutes. First of all, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought from the pen of C.H. Spurgeon, found in his collection called Morning and Evening. Our text for this morning is found in Zephaniah chapter 1 and verse 5. I will cut off them that worship and that swear by the Lord and that swear by Malcolm. Such persons thought themselves safe because they were with both parties. They went with the followers of Jehovah and bowed at the same time to Malcolm. But duplicity is abominable with God, and hypocrisy his soul hateth. The idolater who distinctly gives himself to his false god has one sin less than he who brings his polluted and detestable sacrifice unto the temple of the Lord, while his heart is with the world and the sins thereof. To hold with a hare and run with the hounds is a dastard's policy. In the common matters of daily life a double-minded man is despised, but in religion he is loathsome to the last degree. The penalty pronounced in the verse before us is terrible but it is well deserved. For how should divine justice spare the sinner who knows the right, approves it, and professes to follow it, and all the while loves the evil and gives it dominion in his heart? My soul, search thyself this morning, and see whether thou art guilty of double dealing. Thou professest to be a follower of Jesus. Dost thou truly love him? Is thy heart right with God? Art thou of the family of old Father Honest, or art thou a relative of Mr. Byens? A name to live is of little value, if I be indeed dead in trespasses and sins. To have one foot on the land of truth, and another on the sea of falsehood, will involve a terrible fall and a total ruin. Christ will be all or nothing. God fills the whole universe, and hence there is no room for another God. If, then, he reigns in my heart, there will be no space for another reigning power. Do I rest alone on Jesus crucified and live alone for him? Is it my desire to do so? Is my heart set upon so doing? If so, blessed be the mighty grace which has led me to salvation. And if not so, O Lord, pardon my sad offense, and unite my heart to fear thy name.
In the 18th chapter of Luke's Gospel, the Lord Jesus Christ presented a parable to the end that men ought always to pray and not to faint. If ever there was a time when believers in the Lord Jesus Christ needed to pray, surely it is now. The moral condition of our land, the apparent powerlessness of our churches, cry out for God's people to seek the Lord earnestly for revival. To encourage true Christians in the urgent need to pray, let the Bible Speak is pleased to offer, free of charge, copies of a powerful message by Jonathan Edwards, one of the greatest Christian leaders and thinkers this country has ever produced. The title is typical of Edwards' time, a humble attempt to promote explicit agreement and visible union of God's people in extraordinary prayer for the revival of religion and advancement of Christ's kingdom on earth. Don't let the title put you off. This is a message for this hour. In a 20-page booklet form, Edward's sermon calls upon believers to unite in earnest prayer for God to come in reviving power upon His church. The great revivals of history have always come as the result of fervent prayer, sometimes on the part of just a few Christians who were burdened to seek God for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in revival power. That power is still available for those who will seriously seek it. To obtain your free copy of this message, you may call us at 864-244-2408. That's 864-244-2408. If you wish, you may email info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. Or you may write to Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615 and ask for Edwards on prayer. 
The address again is Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Ask for the message, Edwards on Prayer, and we'll be happy to send you a free copy. Bible Speak, Dr. Cairns continues this series of studies in the doctrine of the Holy Spirit as he brings the concluding portion of a message called Seven Symbols of the Holy Spirit. Throughout the Bible, the Holy Spirit is represented by various figures or manifestations, all of which teach us a particular truth about the Spirit's character and functions. Dr. Cairns has spoken of the Holy Spirit as a dove, indicating his purity, as wind, emphasizing his sovereignty, as breath, showing his vitality, as fire, a symbol of his potency, and as water, speaking of his activity. Many times the Holy Spirit is represented as oil, which reflects his authority as well as his work to unify the people of God. Finally, Revelation chapter 4 depicts the Holy Spirit in the form of seven lamps or torches, symbols of the fury of the Holy Spirit. Now Dr. Cairns will conclude this message, Seven Symbols of the Holy Spirit. Those of you who have heard the tape of the Isle of Lewis revival, who have heard Duncan Campbell recite the story of one old Presbyterian elder who had been in the prayer meeting, they had been praying for a breaking through of God in the midst, and even though there had been some revival, the prayer meeting was tough going. Never believe that because you get into revival, praying will lose the opposition of the devil. But finally, after hours of waiting on God, this man got up and he cried, My God, you've said I will pour water on him that is thirsty. And as best I know my heart, Lord, I am thirsty. I challenge you now to fulfill your word. And God fulfilled his word. Thank God there's fullness. There's a lovely picture of this in Ezekiel 47. I have only time to refer you to it. I'm not going to preach it. Here the prophet, verse 1, gets a vision. Behold, waters issued from under the threshold of the house. Verse 3, he brought me through the waters. 
the waters were to the ankles. Let me tell you, my friend, I would to God we had more time just in this very point. We don't need more theories about the Holy Ghost. We don't merely, merely need more teaching. Now, we do need teaching because there has been a serious overlooking in fundamental churches of the Bible teaching in the Holy Ghost. But it's not just more teaching we need. In verse 1, Ezekiel saw the waters. I think, my friend, from all that I have said today, you can see the waters. But that's not enough. He brought me through the waters. Ah, there's the personal experience. Let not be your cry, Lord, bring me through the waters. Now, here's the road to revival. Personal revival. Corporate revival. Waters first to the ankles. In other words, there has to be a walk in the Spirit. Then uh, you will look in verse 4. He brought me through the waters. The first experience was not enough to go on with. If you've learned to walk in the Spirit, if you would go deeper, my friend, there's new experiences of the Spirit of God. He brought me through the waters, and the waters were to the knees. All we need to pray in the Spirit. And then again in verse 4, He brought me through, and the waters were to the loins. That speaks of the strength and the service. There has got to be serving in the Spirit. And then He brings us in verse 5, and we read, the waters were risen. Waters to swim in. Waters to swim in. Man, it's good when God gets us to such a place with himself that our feet are off the ground. I have to confess that when I am out swimming, I never like to be in a place where I can't get part of my foot firmly on Mother Earth beneath me, or on the tires of the pool, or whatever the case may be. I don't like to be out of my depth. I want to have something that I can exert my energy upon, and I can do my thing to keep things going the way I want them to go. That's natural, I suppose, to most of us. But in the spiritual realm, my revival is when we are swept out into the unfathomable depths of the fullness of the Spirit of God, where there's no standing in the human sense of the word, where there is no means for us to exert the energy of the flesh contrary to the leading of the Spirit, but where the mighty fullness of the Holy Ghost sweeps us along, and there are waters to swim in. How do you get into revival? Walk in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit, serve in the Spirit, but it's the Spirit the all-important factor there. Then there's oil. We read of that in Zechariah 4 this morning. I knew some of you were wondering why we read Zechariah 4. Well, there's the symbol. The oil. What a picture. It's a threefold message, really. It speaks first of authority. Luke 4.18 and a few other texts. Christ was anointed. 2 Corinthians 1.21 and a very, very important text in 1 John 2 and 20. Christians are anointed. The references to that action in the Holy Spirit were, or in the Old Testament where the 
prophets, priests, and kings were anointed for their office of service with oil. Now, Christ was anointed. God was saying, this is my beloved son, my prophet, my priest, my king. Christians are anointed. You look at 2 Corinthians 1.21. God anoints, as Paul says. And that shows the authority of Christians in two ways. First, he says he has sealed us. That's present assurance. When the Holy Ghost anoints you, he gives you the authority to say, I am a child of God. Secondly, he's the earnest. That's future certainty. The Holy Ghost anointing you gives you the authority to say, not only am I now saved, not in hell at this point in time, but I will never be in hell. I will be in heaven, certainly and surely, because I have the Spirit of God, the earnest, the guarantee, the down payment of heaven to come. In addition, there's a third idea present in 2 Corinthians 1, 21 and 1 John 2 and 20. And that is the authority of approved service. When the Holy Ghost anoints you, he gives you authority in your service, authority in your preaching. You have the unction. You're not depending on human standards, human authorities, human philosophies. You've got the authority of God. I often quote those words of Acts 5 and 32. Peter says, we are his witnesses. And so also is the Holy Ghost, which God hath given to them that obey him. That's the authority. So the idea in the oil is first authority. Second, unity. Psalm 133. What, what a text. Let me ask you to do something. All who are saved, but especially every Christian in membership in this church, or in attendance in this church. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. What's it like? It's like the precious ointment that ran down upon the head and upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garment, as the Jew of Hermon, as the and as the Jew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. Aaron was consecrated. There was a holy oil. And there was a unique ointment that was applied to him, poured upon him, ran down upon his head, and then down upon the beard. That's the unity of the people of God. Refreshing, enabling. Aaron could do nothing without that anointing. He couldn't act. I want to tell you without the unity of the Spirit of God and the bond of peace, peace the church of Jesus Christ is crippled. Then there's the necessity of the Spirit's work seen in the oil. Do you remember in Matthew 25, the foolish virgins took lamps 
or torches, but they had no oil. That's the form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. That's Christless religion. True religion always is the Holy Ghost in it. The necessity of the Spirit to be a true Christian. I must leave it there and come to the last symbol of the Spirit. You'll find this in Revelation chapter 4 and verse 5. This is very different from everything else that we've talked about. In many ways the opposite. Revelation 4 and verse 5, Out of the throne proceed lightnings and uh, thunderings and voices, and there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God, or the Spirit of God and His sevenfold fullness and perfection. The seven lamps. Actually, the word should be translated torches. That's the meaning of the word. Torches of fire. That's the fury of the Spirit. The vision here is of the throne of God set up as God prepares to set in motion the great cataclysmic events with which he will bring this age to its termination. There before him there are the seven torches, the burning fury of the Spirit of God as he prepares to go forth with judgment upon a godless world. That's a very common symbol in Scripture, really. Judges 7, 16, and 20, you'll find that Gideon's 300 held aloft the torches, and they cried the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. In Nahum chapter 2 and verse 3, we read the chariots, and this, of course, is from one of the most flaming and burning prophets of judgment in all the Bible. Nahum says, The chariots shall be with flaming torches in the day of his preparation. Isaiah 4 and verse 4 speaks of the spirit of burning, the torches of fire, the fury of the Holy Ghost. And that's not a usual theme, the fury, the wrath of the Holy Ghost. Men and women, let me tell you that I have said in the words of Christ, you must be born again. To be baptized with the Spirit is to be baptized into the body of Christ and to be saved. I want to tell you, every man who's found a Christ rejecter, Every man who's found an unregenerate, unsaved, unwashed, unbeliever will one day know the awful burning that is kindled by that torch of God and feel the searing agony of the wrath of our triune God. The same Holy Spirit who seals a Christian for heaven will seal an unbeliever to the damnation of hell. Here then are the symbols of the Spirit of God. May God use His Word first if you're not sealed. 
to have you on your knees crying, God save me. God save me. That in itself will be the evidence of the inward working of the Spirit of God. And if you are saved, may God give you the desire to have all these symbols fulfilled in your life that you may know the purity and the power and the working of God the Holy Spirit in your life and in your service. That indeed together we may proceed to those waters to swim in and end up in the joyous experience of a spirit-breathed revival. listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America. We hope you've enjoyed and benefited from today's program. We're here as your servants for Christ's sake. If we can be of any further help to you in the things of the Lord, we invite you to contact us. Our mailing address is Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. If you wish, you may call us at 1-864-244-2408. That's 1-864-244-2408. Our email address is info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you would like to learn more about the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, we invite you to visit our website, www.fpcna.org. That's www.fpcna.org. This is Charles Kelsch saying thank you for listening and inviting you to join us again as we Let the Bible Speak. (music) 